Well, amen. You can be seated. And uh, those online, we welcome you. So glad you're here. Go ahead and turn to John 8. And while you are turning there, just want you to think about it. As we sang about, I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. Just think about who are you? Maybe you have some wrong thoughts today. Well, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm not smart enough. You know, what, what are those lies that we hold on to that really cause some bondage in our life? I'm unworthy, nobody cares. You know, all those lies that can come into our minds that are incorrect, and we're gonna start uh, a new series and really our theme for the year on the truth sets us free. And if we can just grasp biblical truth in our own life, how our life can be radically changed. Well, let's just bow in prayer. I want to ask God's blessing on his word as we look at it, and we'll kick off this uh, uh, new 2021 theme. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you are truth and that your word is truth. And I pray that, that those truths from you, the Son of God, and from the living Word of God would just be evident in our own life today. God, I pray for uh, right thinking, truthful thinking in our life, that we would reject the lives, that, that we would put off the falsehoods, and we would live out your truth in freedom and liberty. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, a couple weeks ago, I was at a uh, conservative think tank group called Falkirk. The Falkirk Center is down in uh, Lynchburg, and uh, the idea of it is, is to promote conservative uh, biblical moral values, and they really have three statements. Christ is king, the church is essential, is, and freedom is everything. Freedom is everything. A couple months ago, I had finally gotten through the movie Braveheart. I'd seen scenes from it over the years, but I'd never watched the end. Um, but I was so captivated by the end of the movie when Mel Gibson uh, is lying there, and if you've seen the movie right at the end, he cries out something, freedom! And that movie is based on uh, a truth that changed a country or changed several countries actually because freedom is so important. Well, this group Falkirk got its name from one of the battles in that movie Braveheart and uh, I've been thinking about freedom. Our country was founded on freedom. Our forefathers came to this country because they wanted religious freedom. They wanted to be self-sufficient and independent, be able to make their own decisions. So they came to this land for liberty. We wrote out the Declaration of Independence and fought the Revolutionary War because we wanted freedom. We fought the Civil War that others could have freedom. We fought two world wars to keep that freedom. We have a constitution that allows that freedom, and uh, part of that is the Bill of Rights. The freedom of speech, the freedom of religion, the freedom of press, the freedom to bear arms. It's 
It's a beautiful country that we live in. We believe in liberty. We believe in freedom. We have a wonderful system where individuals can cast a vote. And at the end of that vote, we can have the peaceable transition of powers because we live in a land of liberty. We even place our hand over our heart and stand. And that pledge, we say this little phrase, for liberty and justice for all. Freedom is a big deal in our country. In Deuteronomy 28, we see that God promises the nation of Israel blessings if they do right and judgment if they do wrong. And we've learned over the years that the same is true for other nations. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And the nation of Israel had prosperity and freedom when they did right, and they lost both of those when they did wrong. I think the same is true for us today. But I would also have to say, as a conservative, as I look back at our forefathers, they were flawed individuals. And though we stated we believe in liberty and justice for all, we haven't always given freedom to everyone. We do have blots in our history. Our heritage has flaws. These godly men had failures as well. Wrongs to be repented of. And as John 8 says, Jesus being quoted here, and you shall know the truth, truth is vital, and the truth shall make you free. This year, that's our theme, the truth sets us free. And I want to focus on truth because truth is very important, but our emphasis is going to be on the application of truth on being set free. It's one thing to know truth, it is another to live out truth in our daily life. And all of us have areas to grow in our own personal life. We have lies that we believe. We have falsehoods that we hold on to. And if we're not careful, we can end up in bondage. Years ago, I went through a real crisis in my own personal life. I had uh, already started the church, so I'm a a godly Christian leader trying to serve God, but I, I really hit a difficult time in my life, a difficult time for my family. And it was a time I didn't want to share it. I didn't want to talk to others about it. I didn't want anybody to know. And because of the way I responded, I really isolated myself and I felt alone. Feeling alone allowed my mind to uh, spin in areas it wasn't healthy. I was embarrassed, I felt like a failure. I thought no one would understand, so I didn't wanna share uh, what I was going through in my own life. And I had a pastor friend come up to me and he simply said this, Tim, the truth will set you free. It was incredible advice, this great thought a simple truth, that the truth sets us free. Instead of pushing it away, instead of dealing with the issues in my own life, I just kind of wanted to ignore them, not deal with them, just keep pressing them down. 
But I learned if I could be honest with others, if I could be open, if I could be transparent and real, if I could allow myself to lean on others, yes, some wouldn't understand. Some may see chinks in our armor when we confess that we're not perfect. They may take those uh, truths and one day want to use them against us. But if we have to deny the reality of who we are and can't be real in our own life, if we don't have a community of people around us that I can be honest with, you remember what God said, it's not good to be alone. And when we isolate, we allow those falsehoods to carry over in our minds and we neglect the community that God gives us. Some look for a community at parties or bars or through social media or a club or a sports team or some cause, but you see, God has given us the Christian community. It's called his church, the ecclesia. All of us are to be a part of a local church this small group where we can get connected to. We're gonna be talking about the importance of, of getting connected and being a part of a small group. And the end of January and over the next couple months, we're gonna start a, a new series called The Real God by Chip Ingram. And we're gonna study the scriptures and we're gonna study it in the midst of a community and a group of relationships. It's not just learning the truth, but it's living out the truth in our daily life because it's this truth that sets us free. We think relationships are vital for our church. We, we have something what we call the MRI, this spiritual MRI. M stands for ministering to people. We want to minister to other people. We think we can do that online. We think we can do that on site when we gather together, even in a larger setting. But it can't stop there. It's not just coming to church. It's really being the church. And the R in MRI is relationships. Relationships are vital. Being a part of a small group. Let me say this. If you are listening online, please get connected to a small group. It's not just uh, enough just to listen to the Sunday sermon, but building relationships. And that can be done online. And maybe we're tired of Zooming or FaceTiming or whatever, but we need that community. Whether we do that live or we do that digitally, we need relationships. Ministering to people, building relationships, and then getting involved. January is what we call Find a Ministry Month, and we're encouraging people as we get to March uh, to get involved, to find a ministry, to use your abilities and skills to minister to other people. We believe that this MRI is what helps us. It's not just enough to go to church, but it's getting connected and getting involved in the lives of other people. You'll know the truth. You see, that's our doctrine. This year, we're gonna be talking about the importance of education, our education ministries, our nursery, and our preschool, in our Impact Kids Wing, in our Category 5 uh, teen group, and our young adults, and uh, uh, single adults, and married adults, and our senior adults, all these different groups, we need to learn the scriptures. Our doctrine is important, but we also want to go and talk about living out the truth in our daily life. The truth sets us free when we begin to live these truths out. You see, beliefs determine behavior. Our outlook determines our outcome, and our doctrine determines our practice. What you believe in your mind will filter down to the emotions and feelings of your heart, and it will be lived out in your daily life. That's why our thinking is so vital. That's why the truth in our daily life is so important. A biblical worldview is critical 
But so is the self-talk that goes on in our minds. How do you relate to yourself? Maybe there have been some voices as you were growing up, your parents told you you would never amount to anything. You had somebody you dated, you were married to, that said you'll never turn out, you're not that important. You, you have other people on the lot, could have been on, on the playground. As I, I was uh, um, in the, I don't know if it's the first service or second service, listening to um, uh, the music, this thought came to mind. I was in Kilmer Intermediate School. I was at it was seventh and eighth grade is what uh, they did in, in Fairfax County at the point. And I'm, I don't know why this thought came to me, but I was... Uh, in the seventh or eighth grade in Kilmer Intermediate, I had my blue jeans on and my mom would always nicely fold my pants so they looked crisp you know, when I would wear them. She'd uh, fold them up and so I put them on and they had a crease in it. And a kid came up and he said, your mom irons your pants. I said, no, she doesn't. And he said, yes, she does. Look, you got a crease in your pants. I don't know why he brought up whether I had, uh, you know, uh, my pants were ironed or not ironed. I, said, I went home and said, mom, do you iron my pants? She said, no, I just take them immediately out of the dryer and fold them nicely so they'll look nice and I was like why do I even have that silly thought you know I was like my mom doesn't fold my pants you know this is like the end of the world for a middle schooler you know getting criticized that my mom folds my pants or something maybe you have that thought from the playground or somebody said something to you and maybe you're in middle school right now and you have some of those thoughts and like those critics get into our mind that it doesn't just hurt at that moment it can hurt throughout our life You see, it's the truth that sets us free. It is getting the right kind of self-talk in our life. I wrote some lies that we can believe. I'm unlovable, I'm unworthy, I'm a failure, God doesn't care, others don't care, nobody likes me, I don't matter, I can't change, I'm too young, I'm too old, I have to keep up an image to be like. If they really knew me, they wouldn't like me. You'll never amount to anything. You have to be perfect. See, those are lies that we can hold on to. And they place us in bondage, whether it's fear, anxiety, depression. The fear of man brings a snare. The wrong thinking, trying to please others, sins. These lies we can hold on to, and it's the truth that sets us free. The Bible is the liberating book. James says, look into the perfect law of liberty. His word is liberating. It provides freedom. The truth sets us free. But we have to learn, what does God say about us? What is our spiritual identity? How can I change my thinking? The truth sets us free. I have a little note I shared. I don't know what I did with it. I had it in the first service. Well, there it is. And I just keep this in my office. And it says, I will become a godly leader to my wife, kids, church, and community by living out my identity in Christ. Now, I just try to look at that as I come into the office each day. And I will become a godly leader to my wife, kids, church, and community by living out my identity in Christ. You see, I can't do it on my own, but, but through Christ, as I understand who I am in him. Remember the song we just sang? I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am, right? I'm not who I am because of what somebody else says about me or even what I think about myself, but I am who I am when I understand what God says about me. That's my Christian identity. But the criticisms we face 
can cause us to think incorrectly, to hold on to falsehoods. We look into a mirror as a young person and we have a wrong idea of who we actually are and we try to live out something else which just places us in bondage. Now, I'd like to take just a couple minutes and look through John 8. And I want you to see that Jesus faces critics. But what he does, he aligns himself with what the word of God said about him, not what the religious leaders said about him, not what the national leader said about him. He only accepted what God said about him. And if we want to live in freedom and to walk in freedom in our daily life, we have to do the same, align ourselves with the word of God. <clears throat> Look with me at John chapter eight, verse 12. Jesus faces some critics. Then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. He declares to the religious leaders around him, I am the light of the world. That's a great truth, isn't it? How did he know it? Well, we're gonna see in just a second, but he's wanting other people to understand that. But guess what happens? He faces critics from the very beginning here. Verse 13, the Pharisees, this is the religious leaders, these Jewish individuals, these elite people, The Pharisees therefore said to him, you bear witness of yourself, your witness is not true. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And the religious leader said, no you're not. Isn't that what just happened? I am the light of the world. The critics come on the scene. I'm a child of God. No, Satan whispers in your ear, no you're not. You're not worthy, you don't deserve anything. He says, no, you're not. Your witness is not true. Verse 18, Jesus goes on. I am one who bears witness of myself and the father who sent me bears witness of me. He said, I'm gonna tell you who I am. I just said, I'm the light of the world. But I also know in the Old Testament, it says you need two or three witnesses to uh, define the truth. So I'm gonna tell you, the father tells me that that's who I am as well. I am the light of the world. I know that because that's what my father has said about me. Jesus looks to the father for truth. Well, Jesus begins talking to them again and notice verse 21. Then Jesus said to them again, I'm going away and you will seek me and will die in your sin. Let me just stop there for a second. This is the religious leaders. I mean, these are God's chosen people, God's special people that was sent to be the light of the world in the Old Testament to all the Gentiles around. God had chosen them for a special cause, and not only were they Jews, these were elite Jews, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day. And Jesus calls them sinners. You will die in your sin. Now, they didn't like that very much, and when somebody doesn't like the message, they start criticizing the messenger. He said, you're gonna die in your sin and where I go, you cannot come. Now Jesus is getting ready to tell them that I'm getting ready to go and die on the cross. I'm gonna be buried, I'm gonna resurrect, I'm gonna ascend to heaven. And he's saying, you can't go there uh, for certain reasons that we'll see in just a second. Jesus said, where I go, you cannot come. Now notice the ridiculous criticism that comes in here. Verse 22, so the Jews said, Will he kill himself? Now this makes absolutely no sense to me. Jesus said, where I go, you can't come. And so they say, what's he gonna do, commit suicide? Where they get this thought, I have no idea. 
but they didn't like the criticism toward themselves, so they're gonna criticize Jesus. Oh, he says he's the light of the world, but he's probably the kind of guy that's just gonna commit suicide. This guy's off uh, mentally. He doesn't have things with him. What is he gonna do, just kill himself? Because he said, where I go, you cannot come. Look at verse 23. And he said to them, you're from beneath, I am from above. You see, he recognized his identity. You're of this world, I am not of this world. He goes back to say who he is. They're criticizing him. They're saying things that are not gonna be true, that he's gonna kill himself. Look at verse 24. Therefore, I said unto you, you will die in your sins. He said it again. How? For if you do not believe that I am he, who? The light of the world that's gonna go to the cross and die that our sins are forgiven. If you don't believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he died for our sins, if you don't believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. But I'm a Jew, I'm a religious leader, I'm a Pharisee. Everybody looks to me for leadership, doesn't matter if you don't believe Jesus, you will die in your sins. He tells them the truth. You see, they're accepting lies, they didn't believe what God says, you've gotta believe that I am he, Jesus said. Believe who I am. Now, notice the third criticism in verse 25. They said to him, who are you? Now, he's been telling him who he is. I am the light of the world. No, you're not. Jesus said, let me tell you who I am. He begins telling you who I am. What's he gonna do, commit suicide? You better believe that I am he. Well, who are you? He goes on and Jesus said to them, just what I have been saying to you from the beginning. (laughs) See the conversation? Well, who are you? I've been telling you from the very beginning of his ministry. As soon as John the Baptist baptized him, remember John said, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. This lamb was gonna die one day. From that moment, he began teaching them from the beginning. But they say, well, who are you? Verse 26, I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true. Where does Jesus get his truth from? From the one that sent him. From all eternity past, can you imagine the Father saying, one day you're going to the earth, you are the light of the world. The Father sent him, he's true. And I speak to the world those things which I heard from him. You see, when you face criticism, you don't have to be fighting with them, you just have to deal with truth. Our battle is not with people, it's with truth. It's the truth that sets us free. And somebody comes against you, they criticize you, they say falsehoods against you. And, and uh, you know, we want to defend ourselves, we want to fight, we want to criticize them, all these things. And Jesus said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to focus on the truth because that's what the Father told me. Well, I'm too old. No, I'm not too old. Let's look back at a lot of people in the world, uh, in the Bible, that were old and did great things. Well, I'm too young. No, you're never too young. Let's look at some of the young people in the Bible. Well, I'm not smart enough. Well, let's look at the Bible. There's not many smart people that are called. I'm pretty good proof of that. You know, you don't have to be that smart. God can use anybody, right? If he can use a donkey in the Old Testament, he can use you and me. All of us are just simply vessels to be used by God, except his truth. 
So then in verse 28, he explains why he came. Then Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, now what's he talking about? Not lifting Jesus up in worship, but lifting him up to the cross. He's prophesying what these people are gonna do to him shortly. As the light of the world, he is going to go to the cross. He's going to be lifted up. Then you will know that I'm he. I'm gonna die and you'll recognize it. I'm gonna be buried and you can recognize it. I will be resurrected and eventually ascend to heaven. Then you will see who I really am and that I knew nothing of myself, but this is what I do. I do as my Father hath taught me, the truth. You see, I'm very much a perfectionist, and when I mess up, I can just beat myself up and say, Tim, you're stupid, you're dumb, you're worthless, or whatever. And when I do that, I just accept the lies from the wicked one. John 8, Satan is a liar. He's the father of lies. He tries to put those falsehoods in your mind. And we have to reject those errors and accept the truth. Now notice what he says. Let's get back to our theme verse in verse 32. So Jesus says, and you shall know the truth. They've been criticizing and fighting with him. They're going back and forth. I'm the light of the world. No, you're not. I'm going to be lifted up. Who is this guy? What's his, who does, is he going to commit suicide? I only believe the things that my father sent about me. Well, who are you anyway? I am the light of the world, and I am going to be lifted up one day. And he says, and if you know this truth, this truth will set you free. It's only truth that will set you free. Lies will place you in bondage. But they didn't like being called sinners, and they didn't like being criticized, so they say this in verse 33. They answered him and say, we are Abraham's descendants. That's the first thing they said. They're defending himself. I don't know who you think you are, Jesus. You've just called us sinners, but we are Abraham's children. I mean, we are Jews. What right do you have to criticize us? Look at who we are. We are Abraham's descendants. The second thing they say and have never been in bondage to anyone. Now, if you just have a general knowledge of the Old Testament, you know that that's a lie. These Jews said, we have never been in bondage. Have you ever heard the story of Moses getting the children of Israel out of bondage? They were in Egyptian captivity. They were in Assyrian captivity. They were in Babylonian captivity. And to that very day when they were talking, they were under Roman authority. They were in bondage at that moment. We've never been in bondage. People say, well, I have this lifestyle, but no, I'm not in bondage. It offers me freedom. No, you're in bondage. No, everything's fine. It's great. No, I'm good. But you isolate yourself and you deal with it. You're in bondage. That's why we need community. That's why we need truth in our daily life. We've never been in bondage. And so Jesus says in verse 34, notice, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. Here's what he said. I'm not really talking about national liberty at this point. The problem you're having is your sin. You're not accepting what the word of God has to say. 
You see, whenever we go against the scriptures, remember the word repent just simply means to change the mind. To repent means to change our mind. We think, hey, there's nothing wrong with this. And then we read in the Bible, there is something wrong with this. And so we accept, we align ourselves with what the word of God says instead of what the world says, instead of what our, our heritage says, instead of what we think or following our heart. We align ourselves with God's word. That's repentance. Confession, the same thing. Confession just simply means to agree with God. I get mad, well, I got mad because I was hungry, or I got mad because I was sitting in 95 traffic, or I got upset because of all these things that have been going on in life, or I didn't like the political uh, field, or what, I'm just angry, and, and they made me that way. No, no, you just chose to be angry, right? I align myself with the scriptures, and I admit, this is my failure. You didn't make me angry, I chose to get angry. That's confession. It's accepting the truth and aligning ourselves with what God has to say. They say all this and then look at verse 41. Jesus said, you do the deeds of your father. That's Satan. You have your father, the devil, he's a liar. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father. Remember, Jesus was virgin born, but the people around him didn't believe that. And here's one more criticism. Jesus gets criticized, his mom gets criticized, his dad gets criticized, his family heritage gets criticized. Everything about Jesus, his past, is criticized in that moment. But do you know what he does? He just gets back to the truth. When you face criticism, you go back to God's word. Hey, is our country perfect? Not nowhere close. Do we live up to our ideals in life? Uh, not a lot of time. Is this church perfect? No, absolutely not. Is your family perfect? No, no. I mean, we can try to cover it up and try to pretend and think everything's great. And we all have flaws, right? You know, the best thing to do in life, just be honest with yourself and be honest with others. If critics are there, you know what? Jesus had plenty of critics, but you know what he did? He didn't give in to the critics. He aligned himself with what God said about him. And in that truth, the scriptures, as we align ourselves with what God says about us, that spiritual identity, our Christian identity, because when Jesus looks at you and I, do you know what he sees? A saint. I look in the mirror, I don't see a saint. Jesus looks at this uh, uh, group of believers here and he says, wow, those are my children. I died for them. I forgave their sins, their past, present, and future sins. They're my righteous ones. I love them. Uh, what I am beginning to do in their life, as we sang about, we are new creatures in Christ. The old is gone. The new has come. That he is going to complete the work that he's doing in our life. That's the way he views you and I. But when you mess up, Maybe last night Satan was whispering in your ear, you're no good, you're nothing, you are unworthy. Or the voices from your past, a parent, uh, an ex, or somebody else that says something. Maybe somebody wrote something on social media about you. Or as a seventh grader, somebody said, your mom ironed your pants and you let it bother you. Just accept the truth of God. And if I can live in his truth, the lies of this world, will grow strangely dim in the light of his glorious face. Let's just bow our heads for one minute.
And with your heads bowed, you know what? We all face criticism. Jesus faced it here. But he taught us how to deal with it through his word because the truth sets us free. Do you have that freedom in your own life? Liberty. Maybe there's not been that point in your life that you accepted Jesus as your Savior. Jesus said, I'm going to be lifted up, and then you will realize who I am, and you must believe in me that I am he, or you will die in your sins. Wow, that is a serious statement. Has there been that point in your life that you rejected hell and accepted the free gift of heaven through what Jesus did for you? If you've never called on him, call on him today. Something like this, dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I know that you died for me. I believe in your death, burial, and resurrection. Please come into my life and forgive my sins and take me to heaven when I die. Make that decision. It's not in a prayer. It's in your faith in Jesus Christ. It's not in certain words. It's in a heart belief when you call upon Jesus and receive the free gift of salvation. And I'm sure there's many that are listening today. You have been forgiven. You know you're going to heaven one day, but the truth still isn't setting you free. There's some bondage in your life. Maybe there's an addiction. Maybe there's some bad voices, some habits that aren't taking you where you know God wants you to go. There's some issues that you know God wants to move out of the way. And he wants his truth to set you free. Freedom, liberty, nationally, but also personally in each one of our lives. Dear God, today we repent. We repent of wrong thinking that leads to wrong feelings that leads to poor decisions. And we have sinned against you. We confess it. May you help us in 2021, this week, even today, to align ourselves with the truth of your word that we could be set free. I pray for the individual that is listening to this message today. God, may you help them, move them out of isolation into community. Yet I pray for the couple that's struggling. I pray for families that are allowing falsehoods to come into their home. God, I pray for our church and we pray for this land. Yes, we have failures and flaws, but we look to your truth today and may you set us free. In Jesus' name, let's stand and 
sing this song together. Let him do a work in your heart.